0: And I am aware now. Aware now, the official platform for causes. Tune in and turn it up as we raise awareness, one story at a time, for the causes that tie us all together. Born in Brooklyn, New York, Bert Kempner moved to Philadelphia when he was four years old. He was not consulted in the matter. He knew from childhood that he wanted to be a writer. He loved playing with words and coming up with new combinations and puzzles. As an adult, his work as a scriptwriter and producer won major awards in the television and film industry. It was in 2015 that he started writing children's books. Over the course of this interview, you'll see why I refer to him as the word wizard. You have worked with words in a number of capacities, Bert, as a news reporter, a scriptwriter, and author. Your work has been crafted by words. In 2015, you dedicated your work with words to children. What was it that called you to focus your time and your talent on writing children's books? Okay.
1: Um, it was kind of a need to reinvent myself. Uh, I had spent most of my career as a script writer for documentaries and nonprofit programming and um, starting in the 90s the trend came to reality tv and unscripted programming so they didn't need narrators and they didn't really need me that much anymore so i saw everything evaporating around me so i said okay i've got to do something else so i cast around for an idea i said you know i'd written i'd made up some stories from my kid when he was a little four or five year old and some of them were pretty good maybe i'll I'll try and uh see if i can market those so i I wrote up this story uh that i made up for him about an arcoleptic blue whale Mm -hmm. who falls asleep in the middle of a food migration and is rammed on either side by uh, two ships who think they've discovered an uncharted island and claim it for their own countries and it almost comes to war. They're all loaded up with cannons to uh, fire, and then the whale wakes up and submerges. And they said, "Okay, what do we do now?" And uh, they decide, oh, "Let's not go to war. Let's go to Jamaica and have a picnic." And that's what they did. So, in the middle of the first Gulf War, I sent it off to some publishers, and man, I got lame basted. This is no time for a story like that. And I said an anti-war story. What better time than a war? Um, But the reception kind of chilled me. So I put it in a drawer and let it languish for 10 years. And then finally, I came across a publisher who liked it. So I did that and then did another one very quickly on the heels of that. And and then it was off to the races. I just started pumping them out. And it it was hugely enjoyable and i have more fun than the law should allow. And Mm -hmm. I'm still doing it.
0: That is that is absolutely amazing. Um, I'm so glad as a mother of of six, I can appreciate uh, you using your time and your talent this way. Um, You know, so at at the moment, author of eight children's books ranging from, as you mentioned, Larry, the Lazy Blue Whale, Monty, the movie star Moose, uh, the five book series of a school of animal magic adventure. Yes. Is there a common thread that binds these books together? Is there a common theme that weaves them all together?
1: Well, you know, in that all, all of the books are about animals. They feature animals and there's, there's only a few that have humans in them. Um, And like Aesop, you get all these human foibles, put onto poor animals, unsuspecting souls that they are uh and, and so each of them tries to teach a painless lesson lesson with some little subversive humor thrown in there i figured if parents got to read it over and over again they might have enjoyed themselves too there's lots of stuff that goes over the kiddies heads um but you know each has a, a little theme we're talking about uh well anti-war in, in one book and the other one is about the, the movie star moves is about the celebrity worship and how hollow it is and uh, the importance of being who you really are and not pretending. Mm-hmm. And the uh, Five Fierce Tigers of Rosa Martinez, in that a young girl visualizes her way to to uh, health, thanks to her imaginary five tigers. And the School of Animal Adventures, uh, School of Magic Animal, um, it's about endangered species. And I, I, I approached it, you know, this is a very depressing subject um, yeah. for young kids to try and get their minds around. So how to do it in a way where you, you don't try and soft soap it and, and pretend it's not a problem, but you don't want them crying or, or sitting in their closet with their heads down. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to deploy some humor and excitement and, and thrills to, to tell that story. And I think it's worked out pretty well.
0: That is, that is, that is awesome. Um, you know, so speaking of the stories that you referenced just now, you know, that uh, I recently read um, a book of fears that instantly became near and dear to me. And it was your book, as you mentioned, The Five Fierce Tires, Tigers sure. of Rosa Martinez. Uh, I wondered if you could share the story behind that story.
1: Sure. Um, some years back, I had a cardiologist, whom I don't have anymore, who put me on a medication. I said, oh, please don't do that. I had a bad reaction before, but he said, no, 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 it'll be fine. Well, it wasn't fine. And I ended up in the hospital almost entirely bled out. And uh, yeah, I was, I was not feeling great. I was, I was exhausted. I really felt that the medical profession had let me down. I was feeling a little sorry for myself. And the second night I was there, the door kind of swung open to my room and then walked these five tigers. And I said, "Uh Oh, am I hallucinating? What's going on? I said, I really seem to be awake. Um, And I knew everything about them. I, I knew their personalities I knew their name. I knew their backstories and I got the impression that they were there to help me. So I just let them hang around for a while and I went to sleep and the next day, my recovery just zoomed and, uh, you know, I said, OK, my Tigers did that. So when I got discharged, I think maybe two days later, I sat down and I said, I'm not going to keep this story to myself. I'm going to adapt it for kids because there are a lot of kids and ill children and parents who need hope and, and healing. So, you know, I, I polish that book off in a day. and. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It just came pouring out of when, when I get going, it just pours out of me. You know, the cliche is I'm a stenographer, but in this case, it was true. It mm-hmm. really was. So, um, yeah, it's, it's done pretty well. And in, in one instance, a friend gave it to uh, a friend of hers whose son was um, suffering from leukemia. And the kid uh, wanted into remission. And he said to his mom, you know, my tigers did that i said oh man that is that is the sweetest thing i think i've ever heard so if, for nothing else in my life maybe i was put here just to do that to help that kid
0: that is um and and, and i can say it, it is quite a story um and it was one that not only for kids but like you're saying for parents um for for all people um about what is possible
1: yeah um, I, I like to say Ali, that my, my stuff is for kids six to 10 and adults over 25 who've gotten over themselves a bit. And, um, <laughs> that's that's what I'm aiming at.
0: Well, you're doing a brilliant job uh, with what you're doing. Um, let's talk for a moment about your newest book, your most recent release, which is One of Our Gorillas is Missing. Please give yeah. us a preview. Tell us about okay. this
1: book. Okay. Well, this is the fifth in the School of uh, Animal Magic Adventures. And uh, each is a standalone book. You don't have to read one to get five. They're they're each can be self-contained. And it's about a school in which the teachers and students are not humans, but animals, and what they're taught is survival. And the school has this ACE action team consisting of a, a young, impetuous elephant, a female and her best friend who's a wise-cracking cattle egret and a white lion who's an emissary from the stars. And he has a lot of magical powers. And they're dispatched in each book to help an endangered species. And the last one is as the title says about gorillas and the headmaster of the school, Professor Quinn is a silverback gorilla. And he goes to mountain gorilla country when his nephew goes missing. Nephew had been searching for his father who had disappeared well, Professor Quentin disappears, so who goes to the rescue but the uh, action team. But it, it not only tells about what's going on with gorillas, but it gives kids some some things they can do. Each, each of the books has some concrete steps the kids or the parents can take to help. So I didn't want to just you know, leave it there without without getting them involved somehow, because you know children are born inherently with a love of nature. But unless it's constantly where you're forced, it fades. And I've seen it happen over and over again. And if they don't love nature as children, they're not going to be inclined to fight for its preservation as adults. So, yeah, yeah if I can help get a, a new generation of little activists going, that would be great.
0: I agree. I, I think that that would be great for sure. Um you know, let's uh, switch gears for a moment from your works to your words. Because you are a writer, I have to ask, I must ask, do you have a favorite word in all of the words of the English language? Is there one that is your favorite?
1: Okay, well, I guess I should say royalties. (laughs) That's (laughs) what I'm on. But no, I, I, I guess if I had it, of a word fast it would be grace because i have seen it over and over again in other people and and sometimes i've even been touched by it myself and it never fails to to leave me awe stricken and and humble and just so utterly grateful so i i guess grace would be the
0: word grace is a good one grace is a good one for sure uh for for those who want to pursue a career in the service of others with writing what advice do you have for them
1: um forget what you were taught in school and start writing and don't say well i'm not good enough start writing and if you write something and say well this is awful keep writing you know the important thing is to get your ideas down on paper and you can refine it over and over again but get them on paper. Um, you have to almost read twice as much as you do because that's the best way to to help yourself is to see how other great writers handle characterizations and plot and, and things like that. And my main bit of advice was never give up. Uh, never ever give up. You know, you're going to be met with rejection and, and uh, people will try and put you down. Um, keep going. Keep going and never give anybody else the power to determine what you feel about yourself. And and it, artists and, and all creative types are subject to that. People uh, people say things either you know maybe they're not quite aware it's un- unconscious or they're mean and they want to they want to drag you down. So just do not get discouraged.
0: Mm-hmm. Those are all great pieces of advice. I want to thank you so much for saying so much in such a small period of time. You have a way of doing that.
1: <laughs> I'm, forgive me, father. I am verbose.
0: <laughs> you are efficient with your with your communication. Um, thank you so much for, for taking this time to share your story, the story behind your stories. Thank you for helping all of us just become a bit more aware now. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Allie.